0: We are here to talk about a very sensitive topic, why do people go to hell, but before we get into that, I just want to welcome you and thank you for um, joining in every Saturday, every third Saturday. Uh, We have had quite a response to um, this topic here. Both Prophetess K and, uh, I'm sorry, Prophetess Free and I have received uh, quite a bit of messages, uh, chats, uh, just quite a few uh, people coming and talking to us about this. So we want to get into this really quick. And so I am going to allow uh, Prophetess to go ahead and do a little bit of um, housekeeping, right?
1: No, we're going to pray in first. You wanted to read the
0: scripture, right? Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs) Go ahead and read the scripture and then I'll pray in and then you'll go ahead and do the housekeeping.
1: Amen. All right. So the scripture that we want to open up with today in um, Beyond Salvation, Redefining Eternity, as you know it, it's Isaiah chapter four, verses five and six, and then chapter five, verse one, in the Amplified Classic. And they say, And the Lord will create over the whole site, over every dwelling place of Mount Zion, and over her assemblies, a cloud and smoke by day, and the shining of a flaming fire by night. For over all the glory shall be a canopy, a defense of divine love and protection. And there shall be a pavilion for shade in the daytime from the heat, and for a place of refuge and a shelter from storm and from rain." And then chapter five, verse one says, let me, as God's representative, sing of and for my greatly beloved God, the son. Let me sing for him a tender song of my beloved concerning his vineyard, his chosen people. My greatly beloved had a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your word. We just worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
0: We give you glory and we give you honor, Lord. And we just welcome you, Father God, this morning. We thank you, Father God, that you sing over us. We thank you, Father God, that you are a shelter. We thank you, Father God, that your divine love, Father God, continually, Father God, chases us down from everlasting to everlasting. And so, Father God, this morning, this afternoon, this evening, this time right now lord we just ask that you would pour out your glory that you would father god fill every household that you would feel every temple the body of christ father god we ask that revelation would, father god flow freely for those who have a heart to hear and we ask that you would tune every ear father god to your sound For there is a sound that is going to go out this morning. There is a sound, Father God, for those who have been calling out to you. For those who, Father God, seek you and seek you with all their heart. And so, Father God, we just, Father God, lay all things down this morning. We, Father God, lift you up, that you would draw all men unto you. And we once again thank you for the cloud of glory, Father God, and for your light, Father God, that leads us into all truth. We thank you for Holy Spirit, who is present, Father God, with us. And we give Holy Spirit permission to manifest in each household and even here on Facebook Live. We just love you, Lord. We give you glory and we give you honor, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for everything, and we come up against every, Father God, distraction, every interruption. We come up against, Father God, the lies of the enemy, for those who, Father God, whose hearts have been, Father God, hardened, we're asking, Father God, that you would bring forth your touch, that you would, Father God, be present with them in a way that you have never been before, and we just thank you, Father God, that you are cleaning house that you are bringing forth Holy Spirit to dwell in the temple and the tents of, ye, of your people, Father God. And we just give you glory for it. Yes. We give you glory and we give you honor, Lord. And so now, Father God, as we go forth, Father God, to establish your word, your truth, and your wisdom, we thank you, Father God, for revelation on high. We thank you for the glory and we thank you for the light. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Glory to
1: God. Apostle True, I'm so excited about what God wants to do here today. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) So excited, so excited. So um, as Apostle True said, we're going to do a little bit of housekeeping before we get into um, our discussion, before we get into our chat. So this will give you all time to get set up. Number one, tag people, like this page, share it, invite people to come watch if they don't have Facebook, they can go to um, my ministry page. Sorry, I don't have the slide for that for you guys. But it's God's Love Song Ministries, yes. all one word, God's Love Song Ministries.com. And on the home page, on that first page that you come to, then um, when you scroll down, you will see, no, don't do that. Yes. On that first page that you come to, when you scroll down, you'll see the picture of Apostle True and myself, and it says Eternity Chats. You click on that, and it will take you to the Eternity Chats page, where if you scroll down, you will see her Facebook page live on that website page. So I'm sorry if that was confusing. Go to God's GodsLoveSongMinistries.com. Scroll down Do you see the picture of Apostle True and myself. It says Eternity Chats click on that, it will take you to the page where you will be able to see her Facebook page and we will be live up there. So um, invite people, like, share, and they can watch here at True Free Love. They can also watch on the website. Number two, get ready, get ready, get ready, get yes, ready. Lord. Get, your get your pens, get your highlighters, get your journals. This is not a spectator sport. You are participants, bring your supply of the spirit that is within you so that the spirit that is in you will draw on the spirit that is in us, hallelujah, and Holy Spirit will be able to speak freely what we all need to hear in the name of Jesus. Um, So um, this is not a spectator sport, this is participants. Please excuse me. I've got one person who I know is supposed to be watching. Oh, she is watching. I want to make sure she didn't have trouble. Hey, you, really. God bless you. All right. All right. And so um, we want to, this is very important. This is very important. I want you to purpose in your heart to listen with fresh ears you might hear scriptures that you've heard before, you might hear something that somebody may have said before, whether you agreed with it or not, listen with fresh ears so you can hear what Holy Spirit is saying to you in this moment. Don't come with, oh, I've heard that before. The very moment we come with familiarity, and I've heard that before, that's the moment that we cut ourselves off from, rece- from hearing and receiving fresh revelation that Holy Spirit has for us. So come with fresh ears to hear. And this is the most important, set yourself to be in agreement with the word Mm -hmm. of God. Get this, whether your natural mind comprehends it or not. I'm not telling you to come and prepare to be brainwashed or anything like that. On the contrary, I'm saying set yourself to be in agreement with the word of God. God, your word is true. I am set to believe your truth and Holy Spirit, you are the spirit of truth. So I know that if anything comes across that's not true, you're not going to let it in. You're not going to let me receive that. But everything that is true, even if my mind doesn't understand it, even if I don't agree with it, I, I choose to receive your truth and Holy Spirit, I choose to allow you to minister that truth to me amen? Jesus, in John chapter 8, Jesus was speaking to um, some some Jews and telling them who he was, and and they didn't believe at first, and as Jesus spoke, um, some Jews came to believe on him, and then the scripture says this, that he was speaking to those Jews that believed. He said, if you continue in my word, ye shall be my disciples indeed and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. He was speaking to people who were believers at at that point, because they chose to believe on him. But guess what? When he said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free, they were like, what do you mean make us free? We are Abraham's seed. We're already free. They were in bondage and didn't know they were in bondage. And that's how some of us are today. And God loves us so much. That's why he gives us his word. It's hard to know you're in bondage when you're in bondage. It's like pigs don't know pigs stink. So you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Fast forward down to verse 36. It says, if therefore the son shall make you free. Now there's some uh, a couple of scriptures before that, but this is the point I want to make with that. If the son... If therefore the son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. That word if, it's not if he will make us free, like if he chooses to, if he wants to. God's desire is for us to be free. And the point is that when God sets you free, when God makes you free, you are free indeed. You are free in reality. You are free in truth. You are. It's not a deception of your mind. It's not, you think you're free and you're really not. You really are free. But then here's the other part of that if. You have to choose to be made free. You shall know the truth. The truth is going to do its part. It's going to make you free. But are you going to be like those Jews that believed and said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bound. I don't need to be free. Later in the chapter, he said that you are of your father, the devil. That's why you can't hear what I'm saying, because you are not of my father. So don't be like those that say, I'm not, I'm not in bondage. I'm not. Mm-mm. Know the truth. The truth will make you free. If you choose to allow it. And if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Amen. Amen. Okay. Amen. 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 So just one more piece, Apostle True. And if you could help me with that, I want to lead everyone listening in a confession because I just really God just has something really powerful, really strong, just that He wants to impart to us. And I want us to be in full position to receive it. So I want to lead lead everyone in a confession. So Apostle True, if you would repeat too, to set the pace for them, I'd appreciate that. So um, again, the scripture said, if you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So repeat after me, I will continue in God's word. I will continue in God's word. I will know the truth. I will know the truth. I choose to allow the truth I choose to allow the truth. To make me free. To make me free. I stand in my freedom. I stand in my freedom. I will remain free indeed. I will
0: remain free indeed.
1: Truly free.
0: Truly free.
1: Really free. Really free. In Jesus' name.
0: In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. All right, all right. To God be the glory, you guys. To God be the glory. We just thank you. So now, uh, hopefully by this time, you guys have uh, gone out and purchased this book so you can follow along with us. Um, we do not uh, uh, separate the uh, the book and from the word of God. The word of God is paramount. And the whole book uh, lists... Uh, a plethora of scripture so that you yourself can go on a journey and read and find out why this book was written and to help you explore God's word in depth and to bring you into the fullness of Christ that you would be free and stay free. Um, And earlier, Prophet is Free stated that um, some of us sometimes we are in bondage, and we don't know it. So we're not telling you that you're in bondage. But if you find that you are in disagreement about even the topic, or you find that that kind of rubs you the wrong way, then it should behoove you to open up your heart and your ears To hear what is going to be said and what God is saying. Again, we're not going to depart from God's word. In all truth, we're going to give you God's word. This book here is simply a tool that God wants to use, that He has chosen to use, uh, to have Prophetess K uh, Prophetess Free, write so that she can um, help those who are struggling in their salvation, come to a place of fullness and freedom. And for even those who are already free, it is a tool that can be used in Bible study, Um, small groups. This is what this is up for. God has called her to um, execute this. And the truth of the matter is, he's all in this. (laughs) He is all in this, so hopefully, by this time you have purchased your book, and so you can keep up with us. And today, we are in um, chapter six, I mean, page six, and I'm gonna briefly um, step in and I'm gonna read some things we've been posting on Facebook, and so um, and Prophetess Free has been making um, known pretty much. The, the gist of what we're going to talk about, but I'm gonna read that from the book. And then I'm just going to take from a few pages, some uh, pull a few things out because that's what we're gonna talk about. So the first is on page six and it's that very first paragraph. And it's why do people go to hell? And it says, despite what religion has taught, there is only one sin for which people go to hell, that of not believing on Jesus. And then they, uh, she has footnotes to collaborate what statement that she's made. I know, I know. This is a strong statement, and it contradicts what many of you have always believed. Remember, set yourself to be in agreement with God's word, even if your mind does not yet comprehend it. If you are open to receive the truth, the truth is what you will receive. All right. So we want, we
1: have to reiterate that because. <laughs> <laughs> to receive amen and apostle true before we jump in you know some people might be wondering all right why are you talking about why people go to hell you know are you trying to put me there you know why are you talking about it and um you know our mission from the very beginning has been to share God's heart to share God's love for us with you all Um, Because there have been a lot of misconceptions about God's heart. Some people think he's this way big out there God, this impersonal God, or this God that's just waiting to get them when they mess up. And there have been such misconceptions that um, saints, not just sinners, but saints have had difficulty receiving the love of God, receiving the salvation that has already been provided to them. And because saints have had difficulty receiving it, Oh, when the sinner comes and encounters that saint, they're like, I don't want nothing to do with this. (laughs) You know, and so um, we're communicating God's heart and God's love. So why are we talking about why do people go to hell? Because there are so many misconceptions. And that really came to light for me, Apostle True, when you and I were discussing it. You know, sometimes we have the tendency to think that everybody's experiences have been, or what our experiences have been and so it's like you said i wrote this book for saints who are struggling with their salvation struggling to receive from god and last week you or last month you said that you know she came out with it early in the book she just brought it straight up and i did because once we get this issue cleared it clears the way it makes it so much easier to receive from god so that's why um, that that's 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 why we're discussing it. Um, and I'll just share this a little bit. So like my experience is I know a lot of Christians who think any little thing you're going to hell or they think they have to fight so hard to stay out of hell even though they're saved. And that's not to say that we don't have to live a, a holy and righteous life, but they're just afraid that if there's a single sin that I don't repent for, then I'm going to hell for it. And, and that's a great misconception. On the other end of the spectrum, Apostle True was sharing with me that she hears from a lot of people that there is no hell. They don't believe in hell. Everybody's going to heaven. And so there, those are just two very opposite ends of the spectrum, but there are all kinds of thoughts in between. So this is why we are um, speaking about this today. It's all about sharing God's heart, all about sharing his love, all about spreading the truth so the truth can make us free. Amen. Amen.
0: And as you were speaking, uh, it brought back um, a thought or um, a comment that um, a pastor had um, mentioned. One, uh, I was uh, attending a church out in in, uh, Pittsburgh and the pastor was up and she was speaking because she was speaking about faith and believing about healing. And she was correcting some of the misconceptions that we have about God as we are today. And one of the things that she mentions was was that she had gone to a church and she was in a prayer line and there was a woman there. And the woman said, you know, I'm I'm going through this because, you know, God wants me to. She was sick and she was going through a lot of um, health issues. And the pastor said to her, no, God doesn't want you sick. She says, no, no, I know God, this is God's doing. This is God's doing. And she said, well, God would never curse you that way God wouldn't that's not what he wants to do for you because by your stripe by his stripes you are healed He died on the cross that we would be set free from those types of things and for you to say that that's God's will that's not true she says yes I know it and so she said at some point she got tired of arguing with her she says well why are you still taking the medication <laughs> If you believe that this is God's will, stop taking the medication mm-hmm. and accept what He has given you. And so that's a, a baseline. We believe that this when we do something wrong, or we because st- the first thing we think, we kind of throw in um, belief from from different places, superstition, like karma. Okay, you cussed somebody out the other day. You picked up something that wasn't yours. Something happens. The first thing you say, oh my gosh, God is punishing me. Mm -hmm. No. God doesn't work on those terms. God does not work that way. There will be trials and tribulations in this life. But if you are living life and you are expecting God every time you step out of his, uh, uh, or you do something wrong, or you mess up, you're expecting him to come down with a bolt of lightning on you, then you have the wrong perception of God the Father. You have the wrong perception of Jesus Christ and what he's come to do for us. You really do. And so again, we are here talking about this because uh, the truth of the the matter is Jesus spoke about hell. It's in the Bible. And so we're not coming at you with anything that is, uh, again, not scriptural or anything like that. God really wants you to be free and to stay free. He wants you to recognize that he has paid the penalty and the price. He has redeemed you. And that you can live a life victorious. You can live a life of maturity and understanding. You can do the things that God is asking you to do, to step out and to be a voice in the wilderness. You can be uh, that man or woman that is bringing your children and your family into Christ and helping them to understand the love of God. So there's another uh, paragraph in on page nine, and I would like to read briefly uh, what it says. It's at the bottom of page nine, the last paragraph. And it simply says, he, get, he can give us good. Um, uh, Kate, Prophetess Free explains that God loves us so much that he made a new covenant. And the, verse, the last verse says that he can give us good even when we do bad. It is called God's grace his undeserved favor. Even when we are faithless, he is faithful. He's period. God's grace, unmerited favor. That's what Jesus did. Remember, we're talking about why people go to hell. We're talking about why people go to hell. And I'm explaining to you, trying to set the foundation that God's son, Jesus Christ died on the cross to give us grace and mercy, that we would be able to embrace him in our freedom and to know that we are set free, that once we receive him as Lord and savior, our lives have been changed. There's been a new creature. There's been a new creation in us. Mm -hmm. But so the, Issue stands, why do people go to hell? Because people do go to hell. And so, in chapter, uh, page 10, again, at the bottom, the last paragraph, Prophetess Free is talking about uh, her uh, encounter with a young man. And as they are going back and forth, her assistance is there with her. And she breaks in and says, uh, you know, she was discerning that they were speaking according to uh, their own level of understanding. And one of the things that she made um, evident was that in the last uh, verse says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. This is God speaking. It is obvious that this young man loved God. He was just lacking knowledge.
1: She gives the example let me set up a little context because I don't think we told them. So this chapter, why do people go to hell? In this chapter, I give um, an account of an experience that I had with a young man. Um, My assistant and I had gone out to get some supplies for work and as we were going into the store, um, this young man came up, little 19 year old, young 19 year old aspiring rap artist. And um, we ended up getting into a conversation about my book. You'll have to read the book to find out how but we ended up getting into a conversation about my book. And as I began to explain what this book was about, um, beyond salvation, understanding what salvation really is, understanding God's heart, um, the the young man had some objections. And so this is what Apostle True is referring to now. Um, I had explained to him, no, 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 I had explained, well, anyway, it comes down to my people, God's people, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And then it's obvious that this young man I was speaking to that he loved God. He was just lacking knowledge. So she's referring to the conversation that we were having. Absolutely.
0: And if you continue to read, the next page says, it. he reminds me of a Sal of Tarsus before he became the Apostle Paul. He had a zeal for God, but that zeal was not according to the knowledge of God. Period. Okay. So again we are establishing why people go to hell even though there are many people uh, prophetess k prophetess uh free said that um there are uh a few people that she had run into that um have debated her about this topic um and i she and i were speaking uh the other day and I told you the opposite people that the people that I've run into don't even believe that there is a hell. They flat out don't believe that there is a hell and that no one is going to hell. That that's a, a concept that um, uh, Christians have made up to frighten people into co- becoming uh, Christians and joining, you know, this brainwashing that when people die, they believe there's a God. And they believe that everybody at the end, God is going to, uh, you know, just forgive everybody and people are just going to go wherever they go. Uh, Some people think that's uh, just eternal sleep and, you know, others believe that it's just with God. But that's the foundation. There is a place called hell. The Bible speaks of it. And we would like to go ahead and get into that topic. I just wanted to lay the foundation of... Uh, Some things that may uh, deter people from believing that there is a hell. We talked about grace. There is a grace that God has that when we make mistakes, that we can come to him and receive forgiveness. We can sometimes believe wrong. We can become uh, religious in our belief and think that we have to do things in order, check every box. So that we can get to heaven, we can we go to uh, Bible study, we go to church, we work on the ministry team, we we feed the hungry, we do. So I've done all of these things, but we have no relationship with Christ, and we think that if we don't do something, then oops, I gotta watch out because God is going to get me because I didn't do Bible study this Wednesday. I went on vacation and didn't read whatever the situation is. And that's not the God that we serve. So, Prophet is free. Would you go ahead and kind of uh, give us an understanding of why you wrote this and the premises, therefore?
1: Okay. So, yes, again, when I wrote this as part of the book, it's in the, it's in the first section because I wanted to clear all the cobwebs every this was a big hint this is a big hindrance as to why saints of god cannot receive their salvation cannot receive the abundant life that jesus came for us to have um so apostle true has um made it abundantly clear there is a hell and there is but it was created for the devil and his angels it was not created for us. So you want to know the heart of Father God? Here it is. God is for you. He is not against you. He's not trying to make anything hard for you. He's not trying to tell you <laughs> that, yeah, you can come to heaven, but you've got to do everything you can to stay out of hell. You'll make it to heaven by default. That is not it. Um, I'm, the Holy Spirit is reminding me of an experience I had I was visiting this church and I was like, God, why am I here? The pastor got up to preach and he preached about why it's so hard to get into heaven. And he presented this God that I know nothing about. And sad to say it happens in lots of pulpits that people are not preaching according to the will and the word of God. God does not make it hard to get into heaven. And by extension, now remember, we've been talking about salvation and eternity. Eternity is now. Eternity doesn't begin when you die and go to heaven. Salvation is not something you get, yay, I get to go to heaven now. And so you go through hell while you're on earth until you get to heaven. No, 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 no. Those are also misconceptions, which is why this book was written. Our salvation is healing and wholeness and prosperity and life and joy and peace and love and faith and everything God here in this earth. So if God has these kinds of good things for us, why would he be trying to set us up so that it's so hard to stay out of hell. <laughs> Why would he do that? He wouldn't. God is a good God and he is for you. Okay. I, I know someone that um, the Lord is blessing me to minister to right now. He loves the Lord. Oh, he loves the Lord. He has a heart for the Lord. He's trying so hard to be obedient. Oh my goodness. And I can totally identify if you remember, I've shared stories with you about how I used to rededicate my life every Friday night because I thought I had messed up and lost it all. And, just, and this this young man reminds me of me when I was doing that. And I feel like if I was a lifeguard and he was in the water, ah, help, 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 I would go over to him and I would say, put your feet down. You're not drowning. Put your feet down. You're sitting here struggling against the water. You're trying to be obedient. You're trying to do right. You're trying to get rid of this addiction. You're trying, 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 trying. But Apostle True gave us the beautiful picture last month. Lord, save me. I save you. Lord, save me. I save you. What is our responsibility? Our responsibility is to be saved. When he throws that inner tube, get the inner tube. When he comes to scoop you up, Wrap your arms around his neck and hold on. Just be saved and stop trying to do it on your own. Well, it's the same way about hell. <laughs> he threw us an inner tube, and his name is Jesus. The only reason people go to hell is because they refuse to believe on Jesus. Well, that's not there. Why, why, why does they have to only be one way? Cause he's the inner tube. He's the thing that's going to get you to safety. Other people, Buddha, Confucius, whoever, they might come throw all these other things, but they're not going to get you out of the water safely. They're not going to lead you to safety. Jesus, the inner tube is the only one who will. And if you refuse, I'm not taking that inner tube. I'm not taking that inner tube. Well, then God doesn't send you to hell. You chose to go because you chose not to receive the only thing that would keep you from going. The only sin for which people go to hell is that of not believing on Jesus. People, get this, please. gods I can see it like a movie screen. Have you ever seen it like this before? That's just how big God's heart is. For you. If you would just receive my son, then you don't have to worry about going to that place. You don't have to worry about, and you know what death is, and especially when we're talking about in the context of hell, it's eternal separation from God. Can you imagine? But God's heart is so big towards you that it doesn't matter. Now, you all listen to me until the end. It doesn't matter where you fall short. It doesn't matter the mistakes you make. I love you. My love covers a multitude of sin. I've got grace for you. But just like you have to believe on Jesus and receive him to be saved, right? Meaning not going to hell anymore. The walk continues after you receive him. The most important thing a sinner can do is receive Jesus. The most important thing a a Christian, a believer can do is renew your mind. You renew your mind by doing exactly what we talked about in the beginning. If you continue in my word, you shall be my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And this is Catherine adding this, if you let it. So once we receive Jesus, okay, we don't have to worry about going to hell anymore, but I still drink but I still smoke, but I still, you know, hey, hottie over there is kind of cute. I still, you know, do this, I still do that. All right, I pick stuff up when I go to the store, okay. But in each situation, as you continue to receive Jesus, he doesn't just save you from hell, he saves you from the dominion of sin. He saves you from the addiction. He saves you from the sickness. He saves you from the strife. He saves you from everything. That's how big God's heart is for you. He made it so that the one thing that you can do to not go to hell compared, it's like he said, of all the trees you may freely eat. You've got all this. When you got Jesus, you got all this. Just don't reject him. Just don't reject him because when you do, You literally reject your lifeline.
0: Amen. Amen. So one of the scriptures that we want to um, go to, again, uh, let's just reestablish. You do not go to hell because of any particular sin once you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior we are going to use scripture to show you what it is that establishes a person to go to hell. Um, and this is, you, you have to understand, right? That God has, like uh, Prophet is Free has stated, God has made provision for us. He's always made provision for us. From the very first time in Genesis 3, chapter 20, we see that God has made provision. That's why in John one, uh, John one, not first John, but John one, it talks about that we have grace upon grace because from the very beginning, when Adam and Eve sinned, he made provision for them by slaughtering that animal and covering them. He made atonement by blood because it is the it is the blood that makes atonement. Leviticus seventeen eleven that is why we don't shed blood that's why we don't take uh, lightly uh, the shedding of blood because it is for the atonement and so from the very beginning if you look God has always made provision for us to get this right to have a to have access to him and Jesus is that access Jesus is the son of Jesus. In any other religion, you will not find that there is a son that the God that God gave up his only begotten son that he would save, not just you and I, but the world, for whomever should believe on him shall have salvation, the redemption by blood. So Genesis three and twenty tells us and shows us. That even in the Garden of Eden, when they stepped out of the will of God, there was grace to cover them. Leviticus 17.20
1: tells
0: us uh, that the blood is the atonement. And when we look at Jesus who died on the cross and shed his blood for us, he did it once and for all. That atonement. And so uh, Prophetess Free begins to talk about why that is so, and she does that in, on page 11. And uh, Prophetess, if yes. you could yes. go ahead and um, expound on the John 16, eight, 9 statement.
1: Sure. And before I do, i to make a comment about what you said. I'm sorry, I can't, I can hardly hear you. Okay. And then before I do, can you hear me now? Yes. And before I do, I want to make a comment on what you said. You said, God is the only one who sacrificed his son. Other religions want you to die for them or for it. God is the mm-hmm. only one who died for you. Thank you, you know? And I said God, because God and His Son are one. He
0: killed
1: who died? Whew, thank you, Jesus. Somebody I tell him. Thank is you.
0: Is thank
1: you for shatara. loving me, Daddy. Thank you. I thank you. Shatara. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. And also, um, before I go into the scripture, um, Apostle True, I hear the Lord saying, "This is the time um, to let you all know that we have a new." Um, Email address. Praise the Lord. If you all want to um, send in questions or testimonies, you may do that um, here at Eternity Chat at God'sLoveSongMinistries.com. Now, when you send your questions, we are going to um, read them, pray over them, seek God for how He wants us to answer, because it will be His answers coming to you, and we will. Um, be prepared to share them in upcoming eternity chats. We will let you know that we received your email, um, but we may not answer it right there in real time, like in the next day or so, but we will be praying over them and we will present answers and responses in upcoming broadcasts, okay? So if you have questions, um, comments, testimonies, feel free to send them to us at eternitychat at Ministries.com. And also know that we are not going to debate you on the scriptures. We are not going to do that. We are only going to speak what thus saith the Lord. Amen. Amen. So again, take a screenshot, write it down, share it for later. If you don't have any questions right now and you just, you know, later. So eternitychat at godslovesongministries.com. Amen. And we will both get them excited to share that with you. God is expanding.
0: Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. All right. So here on the bottom of page 11 in the book, um, we are going to, again, show you in the scriptures about how it's one sin, one sin for which people go to hell. So I'm going to read it out of the book, but if you have your Bible. If you have the book, it's on the bottom of page 11. If you have your Bible, it is St. John, chapter 16, verses 8 and 9. And this is Jesus speaking of the Holy Spirit. He explains, and when he is come, Holy Spirit, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they believe not on me. He convicts the world of sin because they believe not on me. Now get this, in the Amplified Classic, it says about sin because they do not believe in me, trust in, rely on, and adhere to me. In the Message Translation, it says, he'll show them that their refusal to believe in me is their basic sin refusing to believe in him. When we refuse to believe, then we reject the very lifeline that God has sent. Okay, then um, the next scripture, which is going down to the next paragraph, but the next scripture is Romans chapter 6.23, where we learn that the wages of sin is death, But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. People do not go to hell because of their sins, plural. This this scripture says the wages of sin, singular. People do not go to hell because of their sins, plural, but for the singular sin of not believing on Jesus. And I love this. Ask yourself. If people did go to hell for committing sin, which sin would be the one that puts them over? That, all right, now you've done it. Now, you do, now you're going to hell. Or if you're one of those who believe that everything you do, sinful, puts you in hell, what's the one sin you could stop doing where God says, all right, all right, come on, you can come to heaven. That's not the way it works. The one singular sin is the sin of not believing in Jesus. And let me, and okay, so deviating from the book, this is not yes, I believe in God. The devil believes in God. Demons believe in God and tremble. Okay? And then we just opened up. Let's turn there. John chapter 8. St. John chapter 8. I We just opened up where I was telling you about the Jew, Jesus was talking to the Jews that believed on him. But when he told them that they needed to continue in his word, that's how they would know the truth and the truth would make them free. Well, they were like, we, what do you mean? We're not in bondage. We've never been in bondage. They didn't believe what he said. So they believe in him like the devil believes in Jesus. But then the other part is that we have to believe what he says, what does that mean? The Lord showed me very simply, you know, we get so wrapped up. How do I believe? How do I have faith? How is faith different than belief? How the Lord showed me that when we believe something, we surrender to the truth of that thing. We surrender to the truth of it. Um, and it, whether it's a perceived truth or a true truth, like some people believe that if they get an airplane, they're going to die. And so they surrender themselves to that truth in their mind. And so they either choose not to fly or it's a self-fulfilling prophecy or they're just living in fear or whatever. But they have surrendered themselves to that thing that they deem true. Well, when we believe what Jesus says, what does it adhere to, depend on, right? When we believe in him like that, then we are surrendering to what he says, Taking what he says as truth. But these people and these Jews in John chapter 8, they did not do that. So John chapter 8, and we'll start at verse 31. And I'll read in the King James. It says, Then Jesus, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So that's what Jesus spoke. Now let's look at verse 33. They answered him, we be Abraham's seed, and we were were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? And this wasn't them asking like Mary asked, how can this be, seeing I know not a man? They weren't asking like that. They were like, No, in other words, what you said is not true. They resisted it, okay? And so now we're gonna fast forward and we're gonna jump down to um, uh, verse 43, verse 43. He's still talking to those Jews that believed on him. He says, why do you not understand my speech? even because you cannot hear my word. Ye are of your father, the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there was no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Verse 45, and because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not keep reading keep re- okay. read the next the next verse okay I, I was tempted I was tempted all right And verse 46 which of you convinceth me of sin and if I say the truth why do you not believe on me did you hear that which one of you convicts me of what sin, sin. Uh, singular that's right.
0: And that's why he keeps expressing, I know my father. If I said I didn't, then I would be a liar like you. you. That's right. And, and no one has gone into heaven except the sun and come down. And so what I am telling you is truth. But why can't you believe me? And in her translation, it says, because you are of the lust of you. Of your flesh or of your father because that's how satan operates through the flesh lustly desires it is counteractive to the spirit of god and truth that we have to believe on other than what we see and feel and touch Amen.
1: Yeah and that believe again is surrender to it when god speaks a word to you surrender to it choose to make god's word first place and supreme authority in your life when he says something this is what goes i don't care what else is going on i don't care what anybody else says i don't even care about traditions i grew up with i don't care about Mm-mm. god's word is first place and supreme authority in my life and i believe it i surrender to the truth of it, because God's word is truth. And okay. you, you remember how in the beginning I said, set yourself to agree with the word of God, to receive the truth of the word of God, even if your natural mind does not understand it. The spirit of truth, Holy Spirit within you, will minister that truth to you. These Jews who believed on him could not receive the truth even when he spoke it. That's, and, and I know this is before Jesus died, so they didn't have to hear it, that kind of thing, but this is what makes the difference between the person who makes Jesus their Lord and the person who doesn't. Everybody who says, Lord, Lord, is not going to make it into heaven. So... When when we're
0: talking about accepting God's truth, can I give an example of that? Because I, I don't I, I want you to understand what that means. So, if you used to steal to make ends meet, because uh, you know I need bread for the week because I can, I need to have lunch. I don't have enough money to be purchasing food at lunch and. You know, I, my kids need to have um, lunch, you know, to go to school and I'm poor and, you know, God, he, he, he's okay with that. He understands that I am struggling, but if you read in the word of God, right, and God says to you, trust me, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God says that um, in Psalms 27, that I am the good shepherd. You have everything that you want. When you start to understand and believe those things, you say, Lord, I, I, how is that possible? When my refrigerator is bare, I hear my children crying in the other room. And so you have been used to going and stealing. Sometimes you get caught and you go to jail, you get out. Sometimes you go and you steal from your family, whatever it is. And God is saying, I need you to trust me, to provide for you, that I would be that cloud of glory, that I would be that light, that I would show you, that you would get in there and you would say, Lord, I want to go and get some food the only way I know how, and that is to take it. I need to make sure that my kids are fed, but Lord, I don't have any money. And you get in there, before you know it, you've been praying for 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes. And the next thing you know, there is a knock at the door. Because you took God at his word. Lord, you said that you are my shepherd, that you are the good shepherd. You said that you have not left me. You said that you would provide me, that when I'm in trouble that I can. See, that's what God wants you to do. He wants you to trust him in the word that you would not step out on your own understanding. The only way I'm going to get fed is if I take something because no one's going to give it to me. The only way I'm going to find happiness is if I go out there. I got to sleep with every man or woman that I see because I got to figure out who it is that I can be happy with. These desires that are raging in me, these feelings for the same sex, they are so strong. God had to put place them in me. He made me this way. The Word of God. Trust the Word of God.
1: Amen.
0: Trust Amen. the Word of God. Lord. I am going through, my body is raging, my mind is tormented, I can't take it anymore, but this is what your word says, you did it for those who are in the Bible, I need you to do, no, I want you to do it for me, I want you to do it for me, I need you to do it for me, I know you can do it for me. Believing on God's word. Thank you. Just stepping out and believing. And you will find that God will provide for you in every circumstance, in every situation. And there's going to be a point in your life where you are not going to have to beg and plead God. You're just going to have to believe him. Lord, I don't have what I need. I know that you're going to make a way. I can't see it, but I know. Because you did it for me two weeks ago, three months ago. Three years ago, you'll do it now. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so I'm going to trust you. You got to build that muscle. You got to build that faith. You got to build yourself up on the most holy of words. You've got to trust Jesus in every circumstance. I can guarantee you that he will never leave you nor forsake you, and that he will not leave you high and dry if you come to him and you seek him with all your heart. The word of God tells us that the day that you seek me, The day that you call out to me and you call out to me with your whole heart, I will answer and you will be heard. I will, you will hear from me. God will answer you you. because he doesn't want you to rely on yourself, nor does he want you to rely on anything else. And I'm going to say this last thing, and this is it. A lot of times we get into church. And we think uh, if we pay tithes and we give to the church when we are in need, we can go. I know this is going to upset somebody. I'm, I'm going to say it anyway. That, oh, now I can go and ask the, the, the pastor to pay my life. See, your faith should be to the point where you are paying your tithes because of what God is doing for you. Somebody better catch that. Because now you're receiving above and beyond what you've been doing. You don't have to go steal no more. You, you understand that God is giving you so that you can give back. So that when they do go out, they're, they're going out and they're serving people who really don't understand who God is. And they need to not only hear the word of God, but they need the a natural uh, uh, um, stimulus, food, clothes, those type of people. But you should be in a place where you're solely dependent on Christ. I know you don't want to hear that. I know you don't. But God is asking that you would grow up and mature and recognize that he is This is what we're talking about. Lordship, eternity, that you have everything that you need, that you have everything that you want. This is what we're talking about. And we're just going into little details and into into places that we can bring you to to the fullness and the understanding of what you have. Because if you are living in lack, if you're living an unfulfilled life and you are a Christian, or you are a child of God, and you are a believer, is because something is fundamentally uh, askew in your belief and how you believe and receive the word of God. Okay.
1: Amen. Apostle true. I, I'm sorry, I can't While hear you. you were saying, oh, I said Go ahead. Apostle True. <laughs> While you were saying that, you're talking about you, you have to grow up. You have to get to the place where you believe on Him. You have to, where you trust Him. That's what I said, where you trust Him. While I'm speaking, you all turn in your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 17. So remember what I was saying, how the Lord showed me that belief, when we believe on him, it's just a surrendering to that truth. And you can surrender to that truth moment by moment until it gets to the point where you can go day by day week by week, month by month, until it is just an accomplished, settled thing in your life where you just know that you know that you know. But it takes that surrender. We'll talk more about that, I hear that. We'll talk more about that in future broadcasts. But that surrendering to that truth, look at it like one day at a time, one truth at a time, one moment at a time, one moment at a time. And what happens is, as you continue to surrender and surrender and surrender, and let's say it's in the same thing, the area of provision, the area of groceries, the area of whatever. When you do that, you'll see that your belief is snowballing. You know, a snowball, it starts out small and you keep going, it gets bigger and bigger. Your belief will snowball into trust because it's like Apostle True said, it happened three weeks ago, three months ago, Three years ago, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. What started out as having to surrender moment by moment, just barely hanging on, because you've continued to strengthen that faith muscle, that now you've got muscles, you're Popeye going on here, and you can just believe. So Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7. Uh, I wanted to use that example that Apostle True gave too. You're in there, you're praying. The next thing you know, 15, 20 minutes went by and there's a knock on the door. And somebody's saying, God told me to bring this to you. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse seven. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord. Think about that word trust as belief that has accumulated over time. It's not something that you have to muster up in yourself. It's not something that you have to figure out how to do on your own. If you will just surrender to his word, moment by moment, it will accumulate into trust. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. I love it in the Amplified Classic. It says, and whose hope and confidence the Lord is. See, your confidence isn't in that pastor anymore paying your light bill. Your confidence is in the Lord because he's provided for you before and if he did it once, you know he'll do it again. Bless the Lord. Verse eight, talking about this man that trusts in the Lord. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green. And shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. This person whose trust is in the Lord, whose confidence the Lord is, they're going to be like a tree planted by the water that when the heat comes, when the drought comes, they're not even going to see it. They're not even going to notice it because they're so busy drinking in the goodness of the Lord, drinking in the provision of the Lord, drinking in the grace of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! All because of the privilege of being able to surrender to His Word, to His truth, moment by moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Apostle, true. In our closing um, moments, got a few more minutes. I want to just finish up the last part of this chapter. I want to please and and real quick again. We have not skirted over
0: why people go to hell. We're explaining to you why, what the purpose, the reason why people go to hell. Because they don't believe. And we're showing you how to reconnect with the understanding of God's word. So that you don't have this fear or this overhanging cloud over you for the rest of your days here on earth. Thinking that when you are, and again, I, I believe prophetess k is going to bring this to a, a close and explain why when we do fall short. What the antidote to that is and why we do that. Mm-hmm. We, the prelude was that you have to grow in your faith and in your trust and your confidence in God. You have to grow in your confidence in the God that you can't see. And stop putting your trust in those things that you can see, that are tangible to you, that you want to, that you think that you can grab hold of and that they are going to save you. It's not true. And I'm going to let Prophetess Free go ahead and read this because there's a scripture that we're going to close on, that the Lord would have us uh, expound on so that I can
1: show you. Amen. Amen. Will Wait, you? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, I thought you were done. I'm sorry. No, go right ahead. So in all of this that we've been saying, there's one sin for which people go to hell. That's the sin of not believing on Jesus. Well, okay. What about for those who went to the front of the church? They said the sinner's prayer. And now they're saved, but this, they're a worse heathen now than they were before. What about them? Okay, um, so I'll just read from the book here. It's on page 12, starting at the second full paragraph. It says, am I telling you that you can believe on Jesus and continue engaging in sinful acts as usual? This was that young man's concern. Wait a minute, what about the serial killer? You mean to tell me he can keep murdering people and think he's going to head them anyhow? <laughs> I said, no, no. Um, so it's as I explained to this young man, if you believe on Jesus and continue to enjoy engaging in your sinful acts, I dare say you really didn't believe on him to begin with, like the, like the Jews in... Um, John chapter eight. I say you didn't um, believe on him to begin with. From the very moment you believe on Jesus and receive him as your Savior, you are a new creature. You might not understand these changes that are going on in the inside of you, but you're going to be like that cigarette doesn't taste as good as it used to. This high doesn't get me as high. Something's wrong. They sold me some bad drugs. This isn't even working. You know <laughs> you're gonna go in the store and, and you might have the habit of stealing but maybe you were more confident in it before because you were good to and now you're constantly looking around because you feel like somebody's watching you somebody is it's holy spirit telling you hey you're a child of god now that's not what you do you don't have to provide for yourself this way i can provide for you you're not going to be comfortable doing the same things that you used to do now does that mean they're going to fall off of you immediately no no (laughs) because when we get born again it's our we're we're a three-part being we're spirit soul and body our spirit man is actually the real us you have never seen me i have never seen you we've only seen each other's earth suits but our real us is our spirit being. This is the part that is in 100% communication with God. It's the part that Andrew Womack describes as of uh, the third of him that's wall-to-wall Holy Ghost, where it's perfect and as saved and as healed and as whole as Jesus. That's our spirit being. That's the part that's recreated when we um, get born again. And now that our, and, and so what happens is the thing that old things are passed away, this is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, when old things are passed away, it's that old sin nature. The sin nature, the thing that made you prone to sin, the thing that you were born with and didn't have anything to do with that came from Adam, that's the thing that's done away with. But now you've got a new nature. Hallelujah. You are, a, the, the Amplified Classic says, you are a recreated being that was never here before. You, you're a new creature. And now you don't have a sin nature. You have a righteousness nature. You, are, you have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's Second Corinthians 5.21. Just like Jesus didn't do anything to be made sin. He who knew no sin was made sin that we might become the right, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Just like he didn't do any sin to become sin, we didn't do any righteous to become righteous. We were just made righteous, hallelujah, the moment we made Jesus our Lord. We are a new creature. And so now when those sinful acts, catch it, those sinful acts take place it no longer aligns with our spirit because our spirit has been recreated that sin singular nature that rejected jesus is gone so now when these acts these sinful acts happen it's like wait a minute this doesn't feel good anymore wait a minute this doesn't fit anymore wait a minute something doesn't align anymore no no Because you are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And this is what I hear Holy Spirit saying. If you didn't do anything to be made righteous, what makes you think you have to do something to stay righteous? Your righteousness is an accomplished Fact. it was accomplished through jesus's death burial and resurrection and now your righteousness is a part of your salvation package just like everything else so what is your responsibility where righteousness is concerned you walk it out how do you, it's already there you just walk it out how do you walk it out What we've been saying all time, if you continue in my word, you shall be my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So we have been made righteous. We don't have to worry about maintaining our righteousness. We just are. But now we need to line up with it and we need to walk it out in the name of Jesus. So let me be obedient, close this out like Apostle True said. (laughs) So we're going to go to, as a new creature, you will not feel comfortable doing the same things you used to do, going to the same places you used to go, saying the same things you used to say, or even thinking the same thoughts you used to think. You instantly, on no part of your own, other than choosing to receive Jesus, become the righteousness of God. You're not a sinner anymore. You've been saved by grace from sin's dominion over your life. Sin no longer has dominion over you. Sin is no longer your boss. Sin is no longer your Lord. You have made Jesus your Lord. You have turned the reins of your life over to him. And now when he speaks to you, you surrender to the truth of what he says. And you know the truth. The truth makes you free. And a free man acts much differently than a bound man. Don't you agree? Amen. Amen. So it's, it's been what I was saying. You... Your very nature, your spirit, changes instantly. It just takes a while for your mind and body to catch up. We've been in this world so long, habits have formed, mindsets have formed, strongholds, just religious and and traditional things have formed and just wrong ways of thinking. And so now, those things are gonna catch up to our spirit. So though you may, now hear this, hear this. Though you may continue to, con- to engage in sinful acts, you will not enjoy them or feel comfortable doing them as you once did. As you grow in Jesus and in the knowledge of who he is and what he has done for you, you become more and more like him and those sinful acts become a thing of the past. But it all starts with the simple act of believing on Jesus and receiving the free gift of salvation that he died and rose again to give you.
0: Amen. Amen. And before we do our salvation prayer, before we go in and um, ask you guys to uh, surrender your life and uh, surrender your, your thoughts to the truth, um, I I would like to say that the reason why, the very reason why, when you become saved in the beginning, that it takes time for those things to fall off. And when you surrender your life to Christ, when you have hit rock bottom and you have cried out and you, uh, you say to the Lord Jesus, I am, I cannot do it anymore. And I don't want anything, nothing besides you. Nothing. Nothing and you decide that that's what you want, you have to recognize the reason why you continue moving from faith to faith, to glory to glory, and you begin to trust Jesus is because he is always ever interceding on our behalf. That is what he does. That is what he does. Hebrews 7 verse 25 says, and I'm just going to read verse 23. It says, Because we know that Aaron was the priesthood, and that every year there was a new priest that came along that had to offer sacrifices. And verse 24 says, Because he, but but he, because he continues forever as an unchangeable priesthood, this is Jesus, therefore he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. That was the the reason for the atonement of blood. When you believe on Jesus, we don't have time to expound on this. Next month, we'll get into it. That's That's his job. And so the job of Holy Spirit See, that's that's the other side of the coin. That's the other side of the coin. Holy Spirit does not, he doesn't put up with that stuff. He leads you into all truth. And once you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior and Jesus is interceding on your behalf, and you are able to accept him, the Holy Spirit is going to always lead you into the truth. But when you decide that you no longer want Holy Spirit in your life, and you eject him and you say no I am going to take I've seen it before with many people who've given up the things of God and they have fallen away and there is really no way to get back from that unless is the grace of uh, mercy of God but my whole point in saying that to you is because we are ta- we are still talking about why do people go to hell? This is what we're talking about. We're not telling you the topic is not people go to hell. The topic is not you're going to go to hell if you do this. The topic is why do people go to hell? Do you understand? See, even in that, how you interpret what we are speaking about will determine how you receive it. And in John 8, which is one of the scriptures that I absolutely love, The reason why the Jews could not receive him, if you start from the very beginning, and they wanted to kill the woman who was caught in adultery, they said the law of Moses states that this is what you do. The reason why in verses 37 or 41 therein, when Jesus was speaking to the believing Jews, and he said that he wanted to set them free, they kept saying we were never in bondage because we were what Abraham seed. I need you to catch this before we close this up. They were believing on the law of Moses. They were believing on Abraham and their descendants, their uh, genealogy. And they couldn't recognize Christ who had come. The better covenant. Because if you continue to read in Hebrews, it talks about Moses was a servant in God's household, but there was a better covenant that came. That was Jesus. And that is why he kept saying, why don't you understand what I'm saying? If I said that I didn't um, know my father, I would be a liar like you. But I believe on the word of God. I know and trust God. I am not putting my stake in the law. I am not putting my stake in the genealogy or the uh, lineage of Abraham because it wasn't even begotten by uh, uh, sperm or genes. It was a promise. God wants you to trust him so that you would know him, that you would know that you are secure in his relationship. He has you. There's no fear of going to hell unless. You have not given your life over to Jesus and you're still living the same way. And trust me, we're, we're going to get into it next month a little bit further. But I just need you to know that we are talking about why people go to hell. And we have given you a scripture to establish why people go to hell and the provision that God has made for, by himself to, to secure your salvation. And with that, I'm going to ask Prophet is free to go ahead and do that salvation call and prayer. All
1: right. And I want to say this to believers. If you're one of those who has not been sure in your salvation, thinks that you could lose it at the drop of a hat because you made a mistake. I pray that you have been blessed and encouraged by this word today. My prayer for you is that you know the truth and allow the truth to make you free. He or if the sun sets you free, honey, you are free indeed. Yes, You can enjoy your salvation, glory to God. And when you fall, when you mess up, say thank you jesus i have i can go to my father and say lord i missed it yes and i agree with you i surrender to this truth that this thing that i did is wrong because you say it's wrong this thought that i thought is wrong because you say it's wrong i'm not going to justify it i'm not going to make excuses i'm not even going to try to take control and promise not to do it anymore. I'm bringing it to you. I'm surrendering it to you because I know you're the one who makes the change inside of me. You are for me. You are not against me. And you have pleasure in my prosperity and you are setting me up to win. So I receive your way. I confess this thing is wrong. And Lord, with everything in me, I turn away from it And I turn to you. And as you instruct me and tell me what to do, I purpose in my heart to obey. I purpose in my heart to hear your voice. Now, let me explain to you that hearing, it doesn't mean sound waves go in your ear to your brain. And there you go. No, you hear with the intent to obey. And let Mm. me tell you, if you don't feel like you want to obey, even that's okay. Tell him. Tell them, Lord, I'm willing to be willing, but right now I'm not willing, but I'm willing to be willing, and let me take you to the scriptures so you can meditate this and have some some peace. Uh, Go with me to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Might be 1 Thessalonians chapter two. It's not either one. Let me look on my phone, (laughs) one moment. Oh, that's because it's Philippians chapter two. Okay. All right. That makes a difference. All right. Philippians chapter two, verse 13. And it says, for it is God, which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So even when you're finding some things like, I can't see myself living without that, Lord, but you say it's wrong. So I agree with you that it's wrong and I'm willing to be willing. But right now the spirit is willing, the flesh is weak. I need you to help me. His word, it's God who works it in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Surrender it to him. He will help you. He will do whatever it takes to help you. You know, when we're giving the call of salvation and we're inviting people to receive Jesus, we talk about how God can reach way, way down and pick you up from wherever you are. Well, you know, he does that for the believer too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How much more will he do it for you if you are his child? Don't feel like you have to do it on your own because the truth of the matter is you can't That's where the surrender comes in and you allow him to do the work in you. But it's not one of those things. Lord, take these cigarettes away from me. You take them away and I won't smoke anymore. That's not what that's talking about. Come on. You have to be willing to do it. And what does that mean? You have to hear what he wants you to do. That means you have to spend time in his word. You've got to spend time in prayer so like apostle true said earlier grow up put your big girl panties on put your big boy pants on it's time to grow up we do have a responsibility whereas everything has already been provided through the finished works of jesus it is now set up for us to cooperate with god to bring it into manifestation he has given we are his partners he's given us a part to do we must be responsible we can't just throw it off on God. But I'm here to tell you that if you fall, it's okay. He doesn't love you any less. But learn how to go to him and receive the salvation that he has provided. Receive the deliverance that he has provided. Because that whatever you did to fall, that's not going to put you into hell. So don't be afraid of that. Remember we talked about how fear and love cannot live in the same space? Right. Know that he loves you and he'll help you through that. Don't be like Adam in the garden who was afraid of God and went and hid from him. Run to him. Daddy, help. I failed. I can't do this without you. It is his pleasure. Pleasure. Oh gosh, that just makes him so happy. It is his pleasure to help you. So praise God, I pray that you were blessed by that. And if you don't know Jesus, it it is my honor and my privilege to extend this this invitation to you. And I'm glad it's not a message where if you don't receive Jesus, well it is, but it's not one of those threatening you to receive Jesus so you won't go to hell. This is letting you know that Jesus is your option Jesus is your lifeline and with Jesus it's it's not you know God doesn't want to punish you he doesn't want to which is why oh lord come on here's our salvation scripture for today for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life it is not God's desire to punish you. That is why he sent his son Jesus. He loved you so much that he sent Jesus here to die on the cross so that he, because he had to pour his anger out somewhere. He had to pour his wrath out somewhere. He had to pour his judgment out somewhere, or else he would not be a just God. And he chose to pour it upon himself. He chose to pour it upon his son so we wouldn't have to take that punishment. Oh, won't you receive him today? Mm. Jesus is your lifeline. By receiving Jesus. He has already taken all the wrath, all the punishment. And now all there is is abundant life. Abundant life. And it's not even like God says, here, here's abundant life. It's here. Let me show you how to live the abundant life. Here, let me show you how to get the perks out of the abundant life. Let me show you all the benefits of the abundant life. Let me show you, you know, you know, you know how long I've had this iPhone. I've had it. I don't know how long I've had it, but I've had it. And I still don't know everything it does. I still don't know. I haven't, granted, I haven't taken the time to read the manual, but there's, I get these little things on my phone that say tips how to edit this picture on your phone, tips, how to multitask while doing this. I don't know how to do those things. But when we receive Jesus, we get the Holy Spirit who teaches us these things, who guides us into all truth. We don't just get this big old life that we don't know anything about or how to work it or how to live it. We get Holy Spirit who teaches us how to live it and enjoy it. Hallelujah. And here is the biggest thing oh, God enjoys when we enjoy. He has, uh, the, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts I think towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil or to give you an expected end. That expected end, we read about it in Ephesians chapter two, verse 10. I'm gonna turn there and read it out of the Amplified Classic. He says, for, this is Paul speaking, he says, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus. That's what we talked about. Old has passed away, behold, all things have become new. If any man be in Christ, that's that. So we we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew that we may do those good works which God predestined planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life which he Mm -hmm. prearranged and made ready for us to live. God only has good for us. And he supplied it through his son, Jesus. And all we have to do is receive him. Not going to hell. It's just kind of like a byproduct. <laughs> we get the good life. <laughs> we get the good life. So, if you would like to receive Jesus as your Savior, if you would like to make Him your Lord, because you know what? It's the making Him your Lord part that's going to keep you continuing in His Word and becoming His disciples indeed and knowing the truth and the truth making you free. So, If you want to make Jesus your Lord today, repeat after me, Jesus, I choose you. I choose you. Be my Lord. Be my Lord. I give my life to you. I give my life to you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. For dying on the cross for me.
0: For dying on the cross for me.
1: I believe that you died on the cross.
0: I believe that you died on the cross.
1: And that you rose on the third day.
0: And that you rose on the third day.
1: Thank you for the good that you have for me.
0: Thank you for the good that you have for me.
1: The life that you have for me.
0: The life that you have for me.
1: And for teaching me how to live it to the utmost.
0: And for teaching me how to live it to the utmost.
1: I receive you. I receive you. I receive your truth. I receive your truth. I receive my freedom. I receive my freedom. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And I receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I receive the power to live this life that you have given me. I receive the power to resist temptation. I receive the power to walk in everything that you have for me. And I receive my heavenly prayer language. I receive my heavenly praise language and I thank you for it now, in Jesus' name, amen, hallelujah, let's speak in that praise language, in that prayer language, the utterance comes from the Holy Spirit, but he needs your mouth and your voice to do it, he's not going to hijack your mouth and do it, so open your mouth, Say the sounds that you hear, even if it's just a sound, even if it's just a syllable. Thank you, Jesus when you are speaking in your prayer language you are speaking from your spirit to god's spirit there is no interception not by the enemy not by the devil by demons not even by your own brain that's why it's a perfect language it's the heavenly language that our minds our natural minds do not comprehend but if we ask god for interpretation he'll give it to us lord what am i praying what am i talking about what am i And he'll give you interpretation in a way that you can understand. So tongues is nothing to be afraid of. Tongues is a way to tap into the very heart of God, the very mysteries of God, the very plans of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory. Welcome to the family.
0: Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 So Facebook family, This comes, this is the end of our broadcast. We are ecstatic to begin to receive your emails and your questions, your prayer requests. We're looking forward to what you have to say about this broadcast. And we're looking forward to the next uh, third Saturday so that we can expound some more on this topic before we get to. The topic of salvation, and again, I want to reiterate that we have been speaking about why people go to hell, and we have given you scripture. We have um, allowed Holy Spirit to release to you an understanding that we pray that you have received, and for all of you who have received. Uh, jesus christ is your lord and savior and the baptism of the holy spirit we want to know that as well all right we love you guys and we thank you so very much for joining us Um, when we come on we thank you for uh messaging us uh emailing us we thank you for those things we appreciate your time and we just want to give god the glory and honor so father god As we leave Father God today, we just ask that you would cover each and every person that is listening to this live. We're asking that when the replay comes out or when someone comes upon this, Father God, that you would bless them, that they would receive what they need, that you would bring deliverance, that you would set free from bondage from Father God, uh, demonic strongholds, from the lies of the enemy, and that they would be able to hear the voice of God and receive your truth, Father God, and walk in it. We thank you, Father God, for the opportunity to share your word and to Father God be present with Holy Spirit as he, Father God, touches the hearts and minds of your people. So as we go, Father God, we ask that you would cover each one in the blood of Jesus. We ask that you would bless them in their household. We ask that you would keep them for the rest of the week, Father God, and continue, Father God, to prosper them. We love you and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Thanks, you guys. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the weather. Stay hydrated. So happy Father's Day. To all yes, happy Father's Day to all the fathers.
1: Amen.
0: All right. Bye-bye. All right.